Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Let's go right there. A very familiar text. I'm going to look at this today as our singular verse. Philippians over the New Testament. Everybody have it? Okay, let's read that all together. Ready, read. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ. Let's read it again. And my God How many of y'all have the New King James Version? How many of y'all have the New King James Version? Read on the screen. Does it say needs or need? So let's read it again. Ready? Read. And my God by Christ Jesus. Now we know needs will be included, but the Bible makes it clear. He says here, need, all your need, all your need. In other words, it encompasses every single thing you may have in your life. My God shall supply. My God. How many of y'all know this scripture? You've seen it before. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by I want to talk on the subject today, supply on demand, supply on demand. There's a supply that's available to you and me on demand. Hallelujah. You may not have caught that. There's a supply available to the believer on demand. Enough for all your need. Because it's according not to what the government will dole out. Not according to your bank account. Not according to the, to the, to the level of, on your job, but according to his riches in glory. Now, I don't need you to hear me today with a broke mind. I don't need you to hear me today thinking about what bills you have and, well, I'm struggling and, Pastor, I'm not, I, I don't get this. No, I need you to hear today with an open mind, an open heart, an open spirit because God has a supply available on demand. And I don't care what experiences you've already had. Don't try to bring the word down to your experience. Bring your experience up to the word of God. Don't let your experiences make you block out the word of God this morning. I need you to hear the word of God today that we have a supply on demand. Father, today I thank you for the word. Speak from heaven. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We, we forget about any past experience, any past things that will try to keep us from hearing the word of God. We open ourselves up even now to receive the fresh rhema word of God to us. It's a new day. It's a new time, a new hour. Thank you for a fresh revelation of the word of God. We step into that fully now, so speak from heaven. We receive it, and we will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Take your seats today. Hallelujah. Supply on demand. In the world, they talk about supply and demand. But I want to talk about supply on demand. 
Supply on demand means that there's something available right now to you and me, and the only thing we need to do is make a demand on it. I know y'all are still adjusting your watches, but look at me. There, there, there's a supply available to you and me as believers that's waiting on our demand. I'm saying it for the people right over here. There's a supply waiting on you and me that's waiting on our demand. And I know it's so hard sometimes to believe that, particularly if you've come up out of religious church and come out of the world and they, they kind of have this mindset that, no, you got to kind of work and wait on things. But no, God says for me to tell you today, he has a supply for us that's on demand, which means he's not, Psalm 84 verse 11 says that God is withholding no good thing. He withholds no good thing from those who walk around. God doesn't withhold. He's only holding it for us. He's not withholding. He's holding for us. So when we place a demand on the supply, the supply is released. I got three amens. When we place a demand on the supply, the supply is released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of y'all, you're, you're, I, I don't know if you got it. When we place a demand on the supply, the supply is released. Well, pastor, I can't get with you because that hasn't been my experience. Well, I want to help you change your experience. Because I can testify that has been my experience. You don't have to shout with me, but that has been my experience. That when I place a demand on God's supply, that supply has been released. Hallelujah. And I'm just an example for you. You don't have to, have to, you don't have to be happy for me if you don't want to. But I'm already happy for me already. I'm happy for me already. That I have learned over time. I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been sitting on this here for, for a few weeks now, just this thought, this, this idea, this concept, this principle, this revelation of supply on demand. I thought I was going to preach it Wednesday night and God had me flip it and preach uh, something else on Wednesday night because I needed to get this here obviously today. So if you're here today, God saved this for you. Because it has been my experience and a man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. So I don't care if you try to argue me down that this is not how it works. My experience tells me this is exactly how it works. That when I place a demand on God's supply, God's supply is released into my life. And if you've not experienced that, I want to help shift you and get you in a place where you can experience that all the time. Hallelujah. My God shall supply all your need. My God shall supply. Now, who wrote this? Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So that means the Holy Ghost is the one who gave him these words. Now, if, it, if it's not true, then the Holy Ghost is a liar. And he can't be a liar because Jesus Christ called him in John 16, the spirit of truth. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
and he's the spirit of truth. And Jesus Christ also said, the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he will guide you. Help me out. He will guide you into all truth. So if you've been living on a, in a place where you've not been experiencing supply on demand, you've been living a lie. And the Holy Ghost today wants to guide us into all truth. I don't want to live in the lie. Bills not being paid, that's a lie for the believer. Being behind on every bill, that's a lie for the believer. Being riddled and saddled and consumed with debt is a lie for the That's not your portion. I wish I had a little bit of help up here. That's not your portion. So if you've been experiencing that, experiencing lack, Psalm 23 verse 1 tells me the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall not go without. So if that's, if that's where I'm supposed to be, then anything else is a lie. So the Holy Ghost comes by revelation today to guide me into all truth. I said he's here to guide you into all truth. Truth is you're healed. Truth is you're delivered. Truth is you're rich. Truth is you're walking in fullness. Truth is you're walking in favor. Truth is you're walking in blessing. Truth is all your needs are supplied. So if you've not experienced that, that's a lie. No, he, so he's going to guide us into this truth. The Holy Ghost is our God. He's our God. He's our God. And so you're here today to be guided into all that truth. Hallelujah. Now, let's go on this journey here. When you walk by faith, you step out and start moving, watch this, before you see the supply. We're going to go for the juggler today. When you walk by faith, I heard somebody, somebody say not by sight. See, if you walk by sight, you wait on the supply. But if you walk by faith, you step out, you start moving before you see the supply. Hallelujah. While we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that are not seen, come on. Second Corinthians 4, right? The things that we see are temporal, subject to change. So whatever you see, if it's not right, that's okay. It can change. And it will change if you learn how to place a demand on God's supply. Hallelujah. So I don't walk by sight, Deacon Gershom. I walk by faith. And so if I'm walking by faith, I don't need to see the supply before I move. Uh, I don't know. Is anybody listening today? Who's listening? Put your hand in there. I know. Because if you don't have your hand, I know I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to those who, I'm talking to, talking to people who are trying to go somewhere. I'm talking to people who, are, who don't want to stay in the status quo. Who are not trying to make the struggle look good. If you're trying to make the struggle look good, stay there. Stay there. 
you, you're doing a good job. You're making it look good and terrible. But if you want to get out of the struggle, I'm here for you today. Hallelujah. So when you're walking by faith, you step out and you start moving before you see the supply. You remember in the 22nd chapter of Genesis when God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, and I want you to go up on that mount, Mount Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice your only son Isaac. And the Bible says that, uh, we know from Hebrews 11, the Bible says that Abraham, uh, he had already in his mind, in his faith, already seen his son being resurrected. He had already seen some kind of miracle was going to happen. So he, he gathered up his son Isaac and all the materials that they had and, uh, and they, some, some guys to help them carry everything. And they got to that mountain. He said, you guys stay down here. He said, my son and I are going to go up here and worship and we're going to come back. We're going to go worship and we're going to come back. We're, the Bible says that he saw the mountain, a place afar off. He saw afar off where he needed to go, but he, he knows he didn't have the supply. All he knew was some kind of miracle was going to happen if I'm obeying God. If I follow God's voice, something supernatural is going to happen. The Bible calls Abraham the father of our faith. And if you're going to walk in the steps of Abraham's faith, you're going to learn how to step out even when you don't see, even when you don't see the supply or you don't know how it's going to happen. You just know because God told you to do something, something's going to happen. So Abraham gets up there and the Bible says he's ready now to lay his son down. And, you know, his son Isaac says, hey, dad, hold on, hold on a second. I see the fire, I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. He said God will provide. That meant down there on the bottom of that mountain, he didn't have it. But he kept on walking. Halfway up the mountain, he didn't have it. But he kept on walking. When he got to the top of that mountain, laying his son down and tying his son up, he don't see the supply. But he kept on tying, kept on moving. And the son said, Dad, where is he? He said, God will provide. And when God saw Abraham's obedience, the angel said, hold up, stop what you're doing. Look over there. And he looked over there and found over in the thickets in a bush a ram with its horns caught in the thickets. And your Bible says that Abraham named that place Jehovah-Jireh or Jehovah-Yireh. Which literally means the Lord sees and provides. The Lord sees and provides. Now we can take it at face value that the Lord sees or the Lord saw Abraham's need. But I submit to you today that God sees your need too. Y'all happy about that, right? How many of y'all happy that God sees your need? How many of y'all have a need? Why isn't it supplied? God saw Abraham's need. So it wasn't just Abraham's need God saw. What God saw was Abraham's faith. He's a Lord who sees and provides. God, you see my need. <laughs> You're crying. 
Yes, he sees your need. But your need doesn't move God. I'm going to come over here. Your need doesn't move God. Tell your neighbor, your need doesn't move God. Y'all, some of y'all didn't even say nothing. Tell your neighbor, your need doesn't move God. Your faith. folk got needs. There's folks standing in line every, every, every Wednesday, every, every Saturday morning. They get in, they pull up in their car and sit up. I've watched people come in, my last time coming here to the men's breakfast, I'm coming here at 7 something in the morning and there's people already in line at the, at the local old grocery store, already in line at, at 6 something in the morning waiting to get handouts on groceries. They have all kinds of needs. But no faith. No faith. No faith. So needs do not move God. <laughs> I'm not preaching supply on need. I'm preaching supply on demand. And if you don't place a demand on the supply, you'll still have the need. How do you place a demand on the supply? When you start walking by faith. When you step, when you act, when you move. Some people are paralyzed by emptiness, paralyzed by nothingness, paralyzed because they can't see how. And because you can't see how, you don't make a move. But the how is waiting on the move. I got three yeses. I said the how, the supply is waiting on the move. Thank you, Jesus. So God tells Abraham, or Abraham calls that place Jehovah Jireh, Jireh Yireh, the Lord who sees and provides. Matthew 6, verse 8. Matthew 6, verse 8 says this. Therefore, do not be like them when you're praying. Talking about when you're praying, don't be all praying like the hypocrites. He says, for the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So God already knows your need. God knows your need. And yet the need's still there. And people will get mad at God, Lameka. Why isn't God meeting my need? I keep coming to church. Pastor keeps saying God going to do it. Here, keep hearing testimonies of Pope saying God going to do it. When God going to do it, when he going to do it for me? Soon as you start moving and placing a demand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith makes a demand on heaven's supply. Faith makes a demand on heaven's supply. When God sees your faith, he will supply your needs. When God sees your faith, as a matter of fact, you know this, this, uh, that text we're looking at, Philippians 4.19, I'm not going back there now, just, this just came to me, I don't want to lose it. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need. You know Paul was talking to the church of Philippi, the Philippian church, right? And the reason he could say that was because they were his partners in ministry. Now, their partnership was their act of faith. 
So because, because God saw their act of faith, Paul was confident that God would supply their need. Not because they had needs, but because of their actions of faith. Some folks sit right up in here and never act on faith. Y'all get quiet on me all of, all of a sudden. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Faith moves. Faith acts. Faith steps out. The supply comes when you place a demand on it. The demand is demonstrated by our faith action. We're celebrating 25 years in ministry here in this next month, right? And I, I remember uh, we started in 1998. We started in uh, uh, Robert and Pauline in their living room. It was a very humble beginning. And um, we're, we're so grateful for that living room. That We had some powerful times in that living room, didn't we? But it was so quaint. We, get, we would eat. In the, we would have church in the living room and eat in the dining room. We had church dinners. <laughs> eat in the living room and go right over to the dining room and eat. And then we got fans that started going out to Village Inn together. Remember that? We started going out to the restaurants and stuff. And we were doing all kind of great things and uh, reaching out to the community and so forth. And I remember uh, that was. 1998, uh, November, and then I think it was in March of 1999, yeah, March 1999, we went to a place called Dwight H. Jones uh, Neighborhood Center. Any of y'all grew up in Jamestown? You know what Jamestown is, Jamestown? All y'all grew up in the suburbs, okay. So, <laughs> Jamestown. <laughs> okay, Jamestown. And uh, we stepped out by faith. It was just a few of us, and um, we don't know how we're going to pay for this, because now we're going to rent a place. You know, Robert and Pauline weren't charging us rent. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember that we, we would, Pauline found some of our old uh, giving records, and we'd be celebrating. Boy, we had a 200 some dollar Sunday. Praise <laughs> God. <laughs> now, y'all give like that, 200 $200. And uh, we went over to Dwight H. Jones, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, rent this place from the city. And we don't have any money to do that, but we're, we're, we got to have faith. That every time we go in there, we have enough money to cover this rent for this building. And never missed a beat. What do we do? We place a demand on the supply. And then we began, as we, we were growing, we began to grow. That's Pastor Kim came along. We were over there. And, and uh, how many of y'all came along? We were in Dwight H. Jones. We, you all? Okay. So who, who came along in the living room? We were in the living room. I see you in the living room. Praise the Lord. You, you, it was your living room. Don't raise your hand. Oh, you joined the church? Did you actually join the church? They told me I never joined the church. I said, no, the church joined me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
And so uh, in Dwight H. Jones, we're there, and we're, we're having church and going there every Sunday, and we were, God was doing great things, and we were ministering to the community. We don't know where we're getting this money from. We were planning all these events. Right about it, we were planning all these events, and we don't know where the money's coming from. We're just going with God and putting our faith out there, and every time, God supplied the demand. I'm sure, I'm, listen, you listen to somebody with experience. Don't sit there with your argument in their face looking at me like that. I'm telling you how this works. And so we're there in Dwight H. Jones, and, and, and eventually the lady who was running the place got mad because we were having this great success, and she called me old Jack Leg preacher. You know, she was some old Baptist girl. You know, they used to that whole thing. But you know, I'm serious. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't mean to imply Baptist like that's a problem. They're in a traditional established church, is what I mean, established, where, where they're not setting up drums every Sunday, having to go in and put up chairs every Sunday. See, y'all don't know how hard I worked back then. Back then, we, uh, uh, my brother Julius and I, we used to, he, he had a uh, old, big old station wagon. Remember a big old ugly station wagon he had? And we had to carry all that equipment and everything. We had to set up, y'all don't know nothing about this. Y'all come in the chairs all nice and sitting down and... We had, to, we had to set up every Sunday, break down every Sunday. Hallelujah. Flower arrangements, we had to put them up and down. Now we come in, they just all set. See, thank you, Lord. That, that's the blessing on being a builder. Some people just joiners. Some people just joiners, but some people are builders. When, when you're a builder, it's our church. And so we're there, and, um, and the lady gets mad. She calls me old Jack Leg preacher, and we got to get out of there. We got to go. So we, we find us in this little building on First Avenue, and uh, we, we thought we were going to go in one building, and the city came along and said, no, we don't want any churches down there. We're just going to be all bars in this area, and that's what it is now. It's all bars and juke joints kind of thing down here now. And, uh, but God provided for us, and we found a little place right on First Avenue, 26, what was the address? 20, 20 something like that. It was right next to Flanagan's, Dr. Flanagan's uh, optometry, 2910, 2910. Uh, this, this is the anniversary message already. And so we're, we're there, and, uh, and uh, we, now we, we sign on a lease. When, when you sign a lease, you got to have money every month. Now we got to pay a light bill. We don't have money for a lease, let alone a light bill to turn lights on. I'm, this will help three people in here. We, we, we got to get our own chairs now. But we're stepping out on faith. We're placing a demand on God's supplies. Here we are now, and I go so far as we're not just going to have uh, just rent this building and not just have power. We, gonna, we, gonna, we want a phone. I figure if you're a church, you got to have a phone. So have them put a phone line in the building. No, we're not nobody there. But I, I got to have some place so when people call, they can leave a message. And we'll get back to them. Now, that's crazy. You don't have money for the rent. But somehow, every month, God, for sure, y'all came along right there in the, in the, on the First Avenue. Paid the rent every month and paid the lights. We never came in the lights was off. Back in that day, Pastor Kim and I would get there early before everybody got there, and we'd go clean all them toilets, all the dead roaches that would be in there. 
They were dead. They were dead. <laughs> Whatever they were spraying was working. Nobody's ever in church had a roach run over across their feet. We get there and clean everything up. Hallelujah. Why? We're operating on a demand. We're placing a demand. We don't have much, God, but we're going to take care of what we do have. I'm giving you nuggets right here today. We're going to take care of what we do have. And they vacuum the carpet and keep it all clean and make it all smell. I think back then, y'all, you brought you that Febreze, all that kind of fabuloso thing back in that day. Make it smell clean. Yeah, I still use a fabuloso back then that day. And everything smelled clean because we're going to be excellent even in the little store. It was a little storefront. Just a little storefront and had a little wall put in there. We almost had two divorces in the church right away. Uh, Mac and, Mac and, uh, Mac and uh, Deacon Robert teamed up against Pauline and Sister, and Sister Annie about this wall because we, we're going to do children's church in this little storefront. Y'all ain't saying Because we're going to maximize what we have. See, you don't get supply if you don't place a demand. We're going to maximize what we have. And so we did that, and God bless us. We had children's church running. We choir, praise team, all that kind of I was playing the drums back then, too. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was playing the drums. I'll get up there now and show y'all something, boy. Oh, I, I bet, bet, bet up. You already seen it. Okay, good. He already seen it. So y'all, it's so great because my wife, my new wife, she was so impressed by me. She was so impressed. Wow. Oh, my, my, my husband can play the drums. And she's like, oh, wow. Wow. Till my cousin Keith came along and started playing. She's like, oh, you sorry. You can't play. You can't. But we're going to make the most of what we have. We're, what are we doing? We're placing a demand. We're operating by faith. And when you operate by faith, you place a demand. Here comes a supply. So what happens? We, we're going in that building and we're renting and, get, you know, this is our own place. But we're, we're, we start out growing that, that little building. And we need a church. We need a church. And so I'm searching around, driving around. We're praying and believing God, Lord, God be the church. And, and somehow the Lord had me drive back in this neighborhood I'd never come through. I've never, never been back here. I don't know this neighborhood. And the Lord had me drive back, right back through here. And I see this for sale sign in front of this building. And I said, Lord, that's like a dream. That's a dream. Look at that. Look at that building. Look at that building next to it. And we were like, I said, wow, that's amazing. Lord, I'd love to have that building. You want it? Yes, Lord, I want it. And, that, and they, they were asking, now this is, nine, this is uh, 2001, so just consider the times. 2001, they were asking 205000 for this property. Now y'all like, that ain't 205000 I would have bought that myself. I know. But back then, 205000 was like $2 million. Am I right about it? And then here's the thing. Well, we, at that time, we don't have a revelation of debt freedom. 
And, you know, and nothing against if you get in debt now. That's just your, your business. But, but at that time, we not even had a revelation of that. So I know I'm gonna, we're going to try to finance this thing because we don't have 200000 $205,000. I was able to talk with the, with the uh, owners, the other church, and I negotiated for two hundred. I said, hey, because, oh, you know, you got to save some money. I'll offer you. Will you take two hundred? Mm, yeah, we'll take it. I said, praise God. Lord, how are we going to get $200,000? <laughs> Actions. Somebody say action. How are we going to get $200,000? And they said, well, you know, there's a bank that finds you. Uh, I talked to some of my pastors. They say, hey, there's, a, there's this guy, there's one bank. He's really uh, friendly to churches, helped a lot of churches. I said, well, praise God. I hooked me up with this guy and hooked up with him. And I'm like, great. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll finance it. Now, we're only three years old as a church. As a three-year-old church, they do not loan people money. Now, please don't be mad at me because we had debt. I'm just telling you, at three years old, they don't finance churches. They want you to have seven or ten years of quality history, and you got to have, you know, X amount of members and how many tithers you have and all that kind of stuff, and you got to show all your books. Now, we had good books because Pauline always kept good books from the very beginning, but our books showed nothing. We're managing nothing and doing a good job managing this nothing. We celebrated we had $800 in the bank. Wow, $800 as a church. Look at that. Look at y'all rich selves. You just, <laughs> $800. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you how faith works because I got it for $200, but I don't have a $200. So the guy says, okay, we're going to help you. What we'll do, um, you, we'll, we'll, we will finance you. I believe in you. They came and met. Remember, they came, the, the guy from the bank came and met with us. I said, Pastor, I believe in you. I, I, I'm going to help you. And he's, he's, he said, now, I want to make sure you're the right kind of pastor. He said, because there's some pastors. He said, remember he said this in the meeting? He said, there's some pastors who they'll take care of themselves before they take care of the church. And he almost named names. Like, oh, don't, don't name names. Right here in this city. Oh, don't, don't name any names. And, um, and uh, he said, but I see something different in you. He said, so I'm gonna, we're going to take a chance on y'all with your three-year-old self. We, in fact, we weren't three years old yet. We were like two and a half. That's crazy. That's crazy. And uh, so he said, we'll do it. He said, here's the thing. Only thing is you need 25% down. Now, my quick math self, 200,000 divided by four, that's 50,000. I think we had like 800 in the bank. I said, Deal. I'm telling you, supply on demand. So now, I don't have to believe for 200. I just got to believe for 50. We closer. And what happened? So much favor came on us. So much paper came on us. What happened? The, the church that was here said, hey, tell you what, we'll, we'll hold 20 of it for you to make it comfortable. I was like, for real? Yeah, we'll hold 20. Well, we don't need 30. Praise God. <laughs> no, we're getting closer, boy. We're getting closer. We just need 30. 
I know some, some of y'all say 30,000. I spent that on my last three cars. That's what I know. I'm talking about back in 2001, 30,000 was a lot of money. But somehow God gave us favor. We began to just let people know. We, we presented, like Dad talked about up in Frankfurt, we presented the need before the seed. And all of a sudden, we put it out there, and money began to come from everywhere. Money began to come from everywhere. We're like, what in the world? And we had that $30,000. From 800 to 30000 And we got on in this building, and it didn't look anything like it looks now. Because now, yeah, I should have had those pictures to show you today because that whole wall was covered in red plush carpet. That thick, you know that, that carpet you like to rub your feet on? The whole wall was covered in that thick. Why they covered a wall in carpet, I have no clue. I don't, I don't know, but maybe it was for sound. I don't know. But there's other ways to do that. Um, all the pews that, you remember the old pews? Not these chairs, those old pews, church pews. And red, thin red cushion. Your bottom was just, you couldn't sit long. It was just, uh. yeah, and, and, the, and that's right, the cushion wasn't even a fix. So if everybody jumped up and started shouting, the cushion would slide off the chair. And remember, I remember one time what happened, we, we ended up started painting and doing like things like that, and I think we replaced some carpet. And Kim Cobham, I remember Kim Cobham came, she got a revelation, she said, this ain't right. You remember that, Kim? She, you don't remember, I remember. Kim, she said, we had this, these old ugly red pews, and that began beautifying everything. She said, this ain't right. We need new chairs. You remember this, Tamara? And we said, okay, we're going to believe God for new chairs in this sanctuary. And before you know it, campaign, boom, the money came in, and we didn't finance the chairs. We bought the chairs cash. Now, what I'm showing you is that God has supply. Keep, keep me on, on time. I got to make sure we get time. He, no, I think he has supply available on demand. What's the demand? You move. You step out. You start walking. You don't wait to see the supply before you start moving. This helping three people. Let me see three people. One, two. Okay, all right, good. You don't wait on the supply. You start moving. You move by faith. If you got a word from God, you start moving. If, if it, watch this. Pastor, I didn't get a word from God. Are you believing God for something? Because if you got the Bible, you got a word from God. I better come over here because they got it. Y'all didn't get it. If you have the Bible, you have the word from God. So if you have a desire, even in your heart, the desire comes from God. But he can't release supply until you place a demand. And the demand is evidenced by your movement. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody better start moving today. You better start gathering things and stepping out and arranging things and plotting your next step because 
Because the supply ain't coming till you start moving. done all kind of things here in this ministry over the last 25 years. Just, just this year. Just this year. Just this year. Um, I said, hey, we need to um, upgrade this sound system. We've, we've, we've done the best we could for over the years. And sound and audio and you know, video and stuff like that. And we've kind of patched things together and made things work the best we, you know, to our ability. And I said, you know what? It's time for us to move to a different level. If we're going to be a kingdom, we need to go professional. I can go back. Let me go back. Because you can, you can keep patching a roof, getting up on the top of the roof, and getting all the deacons together and the brothers together. Let's try to patch this roof. Or you can say, no, yeah, on a Saturday. It'll be trying to be 12 Saturdays in a row you're trying to patch it. Oh, you can say, you know, we're going to hire professionals who can come here in three days and knock this whole thing out with a brand new roof. And that's what we did. Enter into a contract with a roofing company and don't have a roofing money. Thank you, Lord. Tired of letting rain slip in through these old horrible old windows we got that been here since 1926. We need some new windows in this church, Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, y'all, some of y'all just ignore me like I'm not talking. Listen, this applies to your house. It applies to your life. And so let's have a professional window company. I know we got guys in the church who can come throw some windows in. We can do that. We can all get together with sledgehammers and knock windows out and trying to fill out what we're doing and see if we can figure out if we get it right. But let's, let's if we're going to go kingdom, we got to go professional. Somebody better catch that. Remember I talked about last, this past week tonight, sitting with princes. Princes hire professionals. Y'all resistant. Princes hire professionals. You can keep hiring jack leg everything you want to and jacks of all trade, masters of none, and it's going to look just like you hired a jack of all trade, master of none. I don't know if y'all ready to shift like I'm talking about. No, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need no more jack legs. She's going to contract, and God, we're going to believe in the money. And the money came. So this year, I said, okay, we, gonna, we, need, we need to upgrade. We need to shift. We need to shift how we operate with our sound and our video. And um, I said, this time, I'm going I'm to hire professionals. Now, here the truth is, I actually wasted some time trying to hire some friends. I did. And none of them came through. Not one of my friends, the people I went to, came through. Slow foot. Not calling me back, not showing up, not doing stuff. And I said, you know what? That's my bad. That's my bad trying to get friends to do what professionals are supposed to do. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, here's the truth. Because in the back of my mind, 
In the back of my mind, I'm trying to save money. I'm looking at what we have rather than what God can supply. And so I'm going to my friends and, you know, so, so on and so forth, and nobody comes through for me. And so I finally said, you know, let me, let me go. I'm going to go through the phone book, go to, you know, not the phone book, the Internet. Boom, let me find companies. And I found, found somebody, and they said, hey, I, I can't do it, but I have, here's five other companies I can recommend that can do the job for you. I said, give me all of them, boom, boom, boom. And I called this. He said, I said, which one you really recommend? He said, this company I know could do the job for you. Boom. So I'm going to call this company now. I'm breathing hard. Because when you call a company, y'all need me to read more scriptures or can I just talk? When, so when you call a company, you already know it's going to be a whole other category of spending. So I call this company, and they, 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 they come out, arrange a day to come out and meet with me and talk about, you know, look at what we have and say, here, you know, I say, okay, give me your recommendations and da-da-da, what it's going to cost and, and um, blase, blase, blase. And he said, okay, here's what it's going to cost to do everything. I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. At that time, uh, the estimate was going to be around 37000 just for the first part of it. Okay, let's do it. Now, by this time as a church, we have that. But as a financial manager, you don't want to empty your accounts out on projects. Because I believe God to continuously supply. We're not in the $800 a month, you know, days no more. We got it. And so the down payment, uh, the deposit was $19,000, almost $20,000. I said, okay, let's do it. God, I need $20,000. Well, don't you have it? Yeah, we got it, but we don't want to spend it. Because we believe in God for some more bigger things. Anybody else believe in God for some more bigger things for this ministry? Yes. We're going to need millions for that stuff. And so 20000 And would you not know, would you know, that following week after I signed the contract to say let's do it, a single check came into this church for $20,000. I said, Lord. I said, Lord, have mercy. One check. Well, while we at it, let's let's do some landscaping and let's do some irrigation, Lord. While we at it, Lord, let's do some let's 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 add we gonna we gonna water the parking lot. Pastor, why would you waste church money water the parking lot? Because it was looking dead out there. And that's not kingdom. See, I've learned that if you honor God, I'm going to get to this probably next week. If you honor God, he'll pay for it. So I don't want y'all out there parking on dead grass and, and all the dust. You come in here, all the dust all over there. Remember that? You used to come in here and be all dusty on your feet. 
So we're going to irrigate the back park a lot, all the grass and the dust. We, we water in the dust. What fool waters dust? People who believe God will supply and want to honor his house. Let's add that and let's do some, some landscaping and we're going to put new fencing up. This old fencing we have, rusty fencing, it's been rusted since we first bought this building. I want that new black vinyl fence and that pretty stuff. Give me that good stuff. And I, I think me and the deacons could probably do this, but we need a professional. My son and I have a, have a fencing company. We did fencing at our house. I ain't doing no more of it. I ain't, I ain't doing lots of more of it. That's it. I ain't doing no more of it. I retired. We, we called our company the last resort fencing company. When you can't find nobody else on this planet, that's when you call us. And I'm going to give you five more recommendations when you call us. And so I need, we need a professional company. That's going to be another $20,000 for that. And this, another $10,000 for this, another whatever. Lord, and we're going we're gonna to believe you for it. What happens? We get a $53,000 check from the federal government. For what? The government went back. See, this, this kind of things that God. Abraham's going up the mountain on one side. He don't have the supply, but he has the faith. Because God sees his faith, God sends a ram somewhere where he can't see it going up the same side. So by the time Abraham gets there, the ram is there. So what we don't know is that a couple years ago, the federal government said during COVID, the COVID shutdowns, they said anybody who stayed open and gave and kept paying their employees, we're going to give you a refund on the employment taxes. For three years. Now, they didn't give us this in 2020 and 2021 in 2022, but at the time we started walking and said we want to do this and do this and do this and do this, the money met us right there at the same time. That's the reason why when we, were, we had and still have that capital campaign, I kept saying to you, listen, I'm giving you opportunity to get in, get in on it. My wife and I sold us that campaign too. I knew we, we had the money that, that came in. That's why I didn't beat you over the head about it. I didn't, I didn't keep begging because God had already sent in, in two checks. That's extra money. All I said was it's our opportunity to get in on it. My point is God supplied when we made a demand on the supply. But this is how it works. This is how it works. Come on. And this is how it works for you and me individually. I've watched God time after time personally, my wife and me, and our family and our lives. God opened the door time and time again. When we move into the house we're in, and they told us how much it was going to cost every month, we didn't, we didn't have that. Matter of fact, 
Back then, it was so expensive, Apostle Durba told us, don't even tell nobody how much it costs you. In other words, your people are not going to be able to handle it. That's why the have never told you what we were paying. I'm going to obey my man of God. So don't tell anybody people can't handle it. Because back then, it was so expensive. Now, today, today, I just say thank you, Jesus, because when I see what people are paying now, I say thank you, Jesus. Because not only did God provide it beyond our ability every month, beyond our ability, but he's kept it so low that now some of y'all paying more than we... <laughs> because our costs have not gone up equivalent to what the economy has gone up. So now, now I don't tell you what we're paying because I don't want to make you feel bad. Say you, you paying how much for that little place? Wow. But what if we had not stepped out and signed the agreement? Oh. If you're scared, say you're scared. <laughs> and sometimes we're, we're too, too afraid to step out and give faith a chance to work. Because we're waiting to see the supply. But we walk by and not by sight. Not by sight. So you won't see the supply until you release your faith. You won't see the supply until you release your demand. All right, I got I to gotta shut down here in a couple minutes. I, I just some, something I know I want to give you. I want to give you something here. Thank you, Lord. Um, Zechariah 10.1. I want you to know this here. Heaven's supply is waiting for earth's demands. Heaven's supply is waiting for earth's demands. Zechariah 10.1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make what? Flashing clouds. He will give them what? Sprinkles of rain. What? Showers. Grass in the field for How do they get it? They had to ask for it. Now that meant the rain was there. But until they put a demand on it, heaven wouldn't release it. So God has everything you need. I said God has everything you need. But he can't release it until you make a demand on it. Until you ask. He said, ask for the rain. In other words, God says, I know you need the rain, but I can't give it till you ask me for it. Somebody need to start asking for rain today on your life. Asking for the supply. God, pour it on my life. And then don't stand there waiting. Start moving as it, in fact, if you're going to ask God for rain, grab an umbrella, some galoshes, some, a raincoat. Because if you ask for rain and don't get an umbrella, don't get prepared, that means you're not really preparing for rain. In, in, oh, Lord, have, have mercy. In the third chapter of, of uh, 
2 Kings, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat and, and uh, this other, other couple of kings, they ran out of water. And they found the man of God, Elisha. And Elisha said, he said, hey, this is an easy thing for God. He said, if you want water, dig ditches in the valley. Go dig ditches. He said, you're not going to see any rain. You're not going to hear anything. You're not going to see any wind. But the whole valley is going to be full of water. Now, that meant what happened was God couldn't release the rain in the valley so they dug the ditches. If they had waited to see rain, the rain would not have come. Their job was to prepare themselves. Tell your neighbor, prepare yourself. If you're going to ask God to do something, get ready to receive it. Because if you don't get ready to receive it, you're not asking in faith. You're asking, hoping, and a wishing, hoping, and a wishing. And a hoping, and a wishing doesn't move God. Faith moves God. And God knows you're in faith when you start digging. When you start preparing yourself. Ask it, ask it, but can you dig it? Can, can you dig it? I know you're ready to ask, but can you dig it? Can you, can you get yourself ready to receive what God has? Because that's the evidence that you're making a demand in faith. And the supply doesn't come till you make a demand. Ask for the rain. In time of rain, I'll give it to you. Matthew 7, watch this. Go, go to Matthew 7 real quick. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 11. Oh, man. Let me hurry up. Ask and it will be given to you. That word ask comes from, from the Greek word ateo, which literally means to require, to, 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 to make it necessary, to demand. So require and it will be given to you. So God will give you what you require. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And God leaves what you require up to you. Your, neighbor, your neighbor's life may not require six digits. Oh, man. <laughs> your cousin's life may not require three cars. Hallelujah. But my life requires that kind of stuff. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ask, require, make a demand, and it will be given to you. Seek it, you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, requires, makes a demand, does what? Receive. So notice you don't receive until you make your demand. And he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, y'all have heard this before, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, your Father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him, require, make a demand? Hallelujah. I remember Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his what? Okay, so God's riches are supply for us to make a demand. You understand that? God's riches are available for us as a supply. He says he'll supply you need according to his riches and glory. So he has riches and glory available to us to make a demand. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me, let me give you one last thing here and, and we'll, we'll quit. 
when Jesus, how many of y'all remember the stories of Jesus Christ feeding the 5,000 plus and the 4,000 plus? Give me Mark 6, 34. I'm going to say this thing, this just, just to affirm, solidify, cement this point we're making about moving out. And I'll come back next week and give you more on this whole thing here. Because I have more. I got some points. I haven't gotten to my points yet. I got caught up testifying. There's more to come. Jesus, when he had come out, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have what? Nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. Now, Jesus is going to put the guys to the test. You give them. Now, Jesus knows what they have. He knows what they have. He says, you give them something to eat. Remember, he's teaching them faith. He's teaching them how faith operates. So he's going to challenge them to do something that they in themselves cannot do. You give them something to eat, and they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? In other words, all we have to our name is them $800. How are we going to buy a $200,000 building? They're looking at what they have. They don't know yet, they don't understand yet that they can make a demand on God's supply. But he said to them, okay, well, how much do you have in the account? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Now, go back. Go back, verse 38. Verse 38. But he said, how many loads do you have? Now, we knew they had 200 denarii worth of money, 200 denarii of money, but that's nothing. How many loads do you have? Go and see. They said, we have five loaves and two fish. Now, Jesus is looking out at the crowd. He sees the massive crowd. We know if you read later in the story, it'll say 5,000 men, but that doesn't include women and children. So we could reasonably suspect 20,000 or so people out there in this crowd. Got it? He asked them, what do you have? Two fish and five loaves of bread. What is he going to do with two fish and five loaves of bread? Verse 39, here it is. Then he commanded them to, to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. That's how they were able to count and know they had 5,000 men because he put them in groups, hundreds, fifties, 100, 200, 300, 400, 450, 556. He's able to count. Now, what does he have again to feed them with? Two fish. But what did he do? He made them sit down. This is the equivalent of you sitting at home and you got seven head of children. 
with nothing and say, come sit at the table, babies, we're about to eat. Oh, boy. Some of y'all will get this by next Thursday. Notice, he handles the seating before he has the supply. He ordered the seating before he obtained the supply. You're not catching it yet. Some of y'all still slow. He's preparing the crowd to eat. But they have no supply. But he's not walking by sight. He's walking by faith. So he fully expects that when he talks to the father, the father is going to release a supernatural supply. He, is, he knows that he can, he's living on supply on demand. He didn't come there with 5,000 plus people worth of food. He didn't need it until it was time to eat. But once it was time to eat, now he needs it. And he says, make them all sit down. Arrange them. Hundreds. Fifties. Everybody say order. God works when you put things in order. Sometimes we're waiting on God to move, and he says, I can't move in your chaos. I can't move in your, in your, in your discombobulated state. I can't move in your deranged, your chaotic movement. I, I need you to put things in order. The, the, the fire did not fall from heaven in, 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 in 1 Kings 18 with the, for Elijah until Elijah got the, 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 the altar in order. The supply of fire didn't come on the sacrifice until Elijah put the whole altar in order. Tell your neighbor, you got to get your life in order. God can't move in your chaos. He can't move in your chaos. He can't move in your confusion. He can't move in your, uh, I'm not sure, I ain't, uh, not, 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 not. No, you need to settle down on what you're going to do and believe God. Because once you believe God now and have things in order, now he can move in your life. He can't move when you're double-minded. Double-minded man is unstable. Let not that man think he shall receive anything. If you're still chaotic in your mind, I believe God, I don't know. I believe God, I don't know. I believe God, I don't know. You're in chaos. You're in... But when you settle your saddle, I believe God. And prove it by setting up. Prove it by launching out. Prove it by stepping out. Then he releases the supply from heaven into your life. And I'm going to say this, I'm way past time. I need every believer to get this because people in the world get this already. And they don't put their faith in God. They have faith in themselves. 
I'm going to set up my lemonade stand. I'm going to go buy all the lemons and buy all the sugar and buy all the water and buy all the cups, and I'm going to set up. Believe that folk going to come by from me. That is faith in themselves. How much more should you and I have faith in God that when we ask him for anything, he'll do it for us? When he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, next verse, verse 41, and he looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven. Looked up to heaven. Why is he looking to heaven? Because that's where the supply is going to come from. Blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and set before them the two fish. He divided them among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments uh, and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. So he went way past. They were all filled. I mean, they had leftovers. But it wasn't released, so Jesus Christ made a, su- a demand on the supply. I want to change your, your outlook. While you're waiting on God, you beat me to it. The reality is, God is waiting on you. I'm waiting on God to move. No, 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 no. No. He's already done everything he's going to do. I I was a barber. 13 years a barber. And I I drank a lot of Mountain Dews. We had always had soda machines in the shop, the barber shop. And I buy Mountain Dews all day long. That's why I can't touch it now. I don't drink any soda now at all. I used to drink Mountain Dews all day long. And the Mountain Dews and all the drinks, they were in the machine. They were there. Just right there. I could be thirsty. Just want me a sweet treat. But no matter what, how much I wanted, we had even a snack machine next to the soda machine. And no matter how much I wanted the, the little Debbie snacks and the little, the Lance, they had the Lance and the, you remember Lance? The Neecots and all that stuff. The snack machine. No matter how bad I wanted it, no matter how hungry I was, it wouldn't come to me until I took my money and made a demand. My coins made a demand on what was in the machine. Faith is our currency. Our faith makes a demand on what's already in the machine. Now watch this. When I put the my back then 50 cents in the machine, the machine didn't make the soda. It was already in the machine. So God's not about to go make something. He's already made it. He's already got things prepared for you. He's simply waiting on you and me to make a demand on what he has and receive it. Now, I don't know if this message blessed you or helped you, but it blessed me today because there are more things I'm believing God for. 
There are more things I'm believing God for corporately and personally that I'm believing God for. Things I'm ready to do. Things that we we're, we're might even be behind on. And what I've learned over time is they'll never come if I don't make a move. They'll never manifest if I don't make a move. There are things you're believing God for. Things you want to see happen in your life, in your business, in your career. Some of you all believe in God for things in this ministry as well. But they won't happen until you and I make a move. Everybody stand to your feet. I wonder if you can believe God like that. if you would dare step out and give God a chance to show you what he can do. Or will you spend your whole life paralyzed by seeing nothing? Y'all know Hebrews 11 verse 1? Now faith is the what? Is the what? Faith is the substance of things. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith doesn't need evidence. Faith is evidence. That's worth the price of admission today, y'all. Faith doesn't need evidence. It doesn't need substance. Faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. If you have faith, show it by your works. Some of you, you should have started a business two years ago. But you keep waiting on supply. You keep waiting on some natural assurance. That's not how it works. People in the world know that. It's only the church folk who sit around and wait, like, well, you know, wait and see what happens. Only the church folk who are behind. People in the streets go get it. They go, they go get it. You can call it a hustle, call it a grind, call it whatever you want to, but they're doing something. They put some actions to their faith in themselves. Oh, believe in yourself. They do. I'm asking you to believe in God. Who won't fail? He can't fail. Thank you, Lord. Well, I, I can't sign up for school because I don't have the money yet. Sign, just sign up. If you don't have the money, just mean you just don't go this semester. But if you never sign up, you never place a demand on the supply. Hello? You never, you never draw out anything. Thank you, Lord. I got to quit here. Father, today, thank you for the word we've received. I thank you to each person today that they've heard. I believe they've heard. I believe your people have heard. I believe your people have heard. I believe the people have heard today. And that, God, I know there are people among us 
who didn't just hear, but they intend to obey. They intend to step out. They intend to walk in what they've heard today, Lord, that there's a manifestation that's coming to our lives because we are placing a demand on your divine supply. I thank you that, God, you've shown us that we do walk by faith and not by sight, and we don't need to see the supply before we step out. But even before we see it, even before we see it, we know it's there. We trust it to be there when we get there. We trust the supply to be there when we need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, no further delays in our lives. No further contemplation in our lives. No further paralysis in our lives, God. But we'll step out and step into what you have for us to do. Move toward that place of promise. Thank you for putting desires in our hearts. And God, if you put desires in our hearts, then the, then the supply is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put the desire in our hearts, then the supply is there. If you put the, the desire in our hearts, the supply is there. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me today. If God put the, put the desire in your heart, the supply is there. Father, we won't sit back waiting to see a supply. We are to see the desire. Our faith is substance. Our faith is evidence. As we step out and step in, thinking that, God, what we need, what we desire, it'll be there and manifested in due time. Forgive us for holding things up. Forgive us for thinking too little, thinking too, too less, too low. I pray that, God, you'll help us to all move to a place where we, we begin to, to believe you, Lord, for the, the best of everything, professionals, professional things being done, the best of everything being done in our lives. That, God, because we want to honor you and glorify you, you'll supply every need. God, these needs are not just food, clothing, and shelter because you already, your word already told us you know we have need of those things and not even ask you for those things. So all of our need goes beyond that, God. It goes into what we need to do your business in the earth and what we need to, to manifest your glory. Thinking that, God, what this house needs, we call in the billion dollars that we need for the whole vision. We call in all the land. We call in all the builders. We call in all the territory. We call in all the contractors, all the vendors, all the designers, all the installers. We call in every, all the resources, all the materials everything we need the best of everything the best of everything God just like just like hallelujah God you sent that king to provide for Solomon when he was building that the, the temple hallelujah Hiram I believe was his name Lord you sent you see, Hiram, you, you used Hiram to supply all the timber that he needed. As he commenced in the building project, you supplied. I thank you, Lord. You'll supply for everything we're building in our lives. Every marriage, every family, every business, every career. Everything we're building, you'll supply. We trust you. Let it come into our lives. We give you the glory for it. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Come on and give God a praise today for the word.